0: Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of our God, stands forever. Amen. Blessed Father in heaven, we pray now that you would grant us the eyes of faith, that through the power of your Holy Spirit alone, we would read and understand and digest this word, apply it to our hearts, help us to believe what it promises and to obey what it commands. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you in the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory. Amen. Tonight, we're going to take a look at this text in three simple steps. And we're focusing in on this command to not be anxious about anything. Giving thanks, uh, practicing gratitude, is the antidote to anxiety, according to God's word. That's very good news in a time of anxiety, uh, that's the kind of time and era that we're living in right now. There are various kinds of anxiety that we face in this life. Various kinds. And they each have overlap. We experience them in different ways. One kind of anxiety can lead to another, but it's helpful to make some distinctions to know exactly what we're talking about. So, for instance, one kind of anxiety would be our modern conception of it that has to do primarily with the body. The body. Maybe you just tend, for whatever reason, to be given to anxiousness. Maybe you have certain dispositions toward it. Or something in your past has given you a, a, a certain lean toward anxiety. So we're speaking here about a, more of a clinical understanding, a medical understanding of anxiety. It has to do with the body. There's another kind of anxiety that we see in Holy Scripture. It's uh, the same Greek word that we find in our passage tonight, but it's used slightly differently. This kind of anxiety is best talked about as care or concern. Simple care or concern for someone else or for something that is worthy in your life. We find this in the very same book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul, writing this letter, speaking about young pastor Timothy, he says that Timothy is genuinely... Concerned for the welfare of the Philippian Christians. There's that word of concern. It's actually a good and loving kind of anxiety to have. But here in our passage in chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, being anxious is actually a moral category. A moral category. Paul commands us not to be anxious. And in our day and age, that seems unfair. Because anxiety so taps into our feelings and our emotions. Uh, but we come and must come with humility to God's word because it tells us to do all kinds of things that we don't feel like doing. It tells us to love God. It tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Our Lord Jesus Christ tells us even to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. We can't get around the fact that Scripture tells us to do things that we don't feel like doing. Here it comes again, Paul saying... Don't be anxious. And we just want to say, well, I'm stuck. I'm anxious. I'm filled with anxiety. What am I supposed to do about this? And Paul's word to us tonight gives us hope that there actually is a uniquely Christian response. What are we speaking about here with this kind of anxiety? This kind of anxiety is concern that goes too far. It's worry. It's excessive concern. And this anxiety comes from not trusting the Lord. You see, this is a different kind of anxiety that we're talking about here. And it's a moral anxiety. And Paul says, stop doing it. Grow in this as believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in putting away this particular kind of anxiety. What does this anxiety look like? We see it illustrated for us in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 10. This famous story of Mary and Martha who have received Jesus and the disciples into their home. They're hosting them for a meal. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening, learning, orienting herself to Christ. But her sister Martha is running around like a chicken with her head cut off. She's trying to be the hostess with the mostess, making sure everybody's got what they need. What does Jesus say to Martha? He says, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Mary has chosen the good portion. Why is that? Jesus says things sometimes that strike us as unreasonable. Isn't Martha just being a good hostess? The point is that Mary is showing forth her faith by sitting at the feet of Jesus, by opening her heart to Jesus. And by not being excessively concerned with something that shouldn't take up her time. There is that morally loving concern and anxiety that we, we saw to, to look out for the welfare of others. But that becomes idolatrous. We want the, uh, the praise of others. We want people to make sure that they're getting what they need. Not because we're loving them so much, but because we're really loving ourselves. Our own reputation and how we are looking. And that seems to be what Martha is doing. And Jesus says, Martha, you're anxious. Mary has chosen the better portion. Mary has chosen to open her heart to receive me and my instruction to her. Martha was oriented toward herself, and that's what was leading to be excessively concerned. It is a lack of trust in our Savior, a lack of orienting ourselves toward him. That leads us to the kind of sinful anxiety that Paul says, don't do it. For us, sometimes negative circumstances prompt us toward anxiety. Uh, we see cu- cultural shifts sometimes that fill us with dread. Uh, we've gone through this pandemic. That is like the, po- the new poster child for our generation of anxiety. We have felt it in one way or the other. Problems in our various relationships fill us with dread and Despair, jobs are hard, we're having a hard time raising our kids, whatever it happens to be. These kind of negative circumstances prompt us toward anxiety. But sometimes even positive circumstances prompt us toward this sinful anxiety. That was Martha's problem. Nothing bad was going on. No weighty burden was being placed on her shoulders. They were having a dinner party. And it was that actually very good and enjoyable circumstance that led Martha to anxiety. Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, negative or positive, large or small, whatever it happens to be, whatever it is that is prompting us toward this lack of trust in Christ and an excessive concern for some lesser thing. Paul says, Don't be anxious about anything. What's the opposite of anxiety? Uh, funny enough, the opposite of anxiety is actually not control. Maybe you've heard that, that if you could get control, then you would get over your anxiety. That's, that's not how Scripture speaks. Uh, it's not even grounding yourself, though that can be very helpful and getting past some of the hurdles related to anxiety. The opposite of Anxiety is found in verse 7 of Philippians 4. Paul talks about the peace of God. The peace of God. That's the opposite of anxiety. It is a peace which comes from God. And because it comes from God, Paul wonderfully describes this peace as surpassing all understanding. It is a peace that you can't wrap your mind around. It is a peace that when you begin to experience it, you recognize that your mind doesn't actually have the categories to to name it. It is a peace that Paul says surpasses all knowledge and understanding. You can't comprehend it because it is the peace that comes from God. You can't conjure this peace. In fact, if you try to conjure this peace, you'll just get yourself back into a cycle of anxiety recognizing that you can't do it. It is a peace that comes from God, a divine peace, a heavenly peace, and for that very reason, it is a peace which surpasses understanding. And so scripture, scripture, which proves time and again to be more relevant than anything else in the world, shows us that the only thing that excessive concern must be met with is excessive peace. A peace which surpasses, you see. Because our problem is anxiety, which is a concern that is excessive. That must be met with an excessive peace. This peace is shalom. That's that's the Hebrew conception of peace. That all things are being brought into conformity with God's perfect will. That is what is offered to you. From God the Father, through Jesus Christ, and in no other way than through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit offers to you this peace from heaven and brings it down to you if you would but receive it through faith. That is what God offers to us in the gospel. How do we get it? How do we get this peace? How do we receive it? If you're following in the notes tonight, we're on uh, number two here. What is our part in receiving this peace? I speak very lightly about this part. We're going to talk about our part and God's part. And I've got quotation marks, scare quotes around it on purpose. It's not that distinct of a thing. We're not dividing our part in God's part. We can't do our part without God doing his part. So keep that in mind. But for the sake of clarity, we, we ask, what is our part in receiving this peace? What is this holy cure for our worries? It's found in verse six. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Prayer here, he says prayer and supplication. Prayer is a general term for any kind of prayers to the Lord. Supplication, however, is a, more specifically a pleading with the Lord. We must plead with the Lord. That is a demonstration of our desperation before God. We are desperate always for God and pleading with him, uh, entering into this supplication. That's our outward expression of our desperation on God. But notice, what is it that actually makes the difference? The difference is made in the way in which we pray and bring our supplications. Verse 6, once again, it is with thanksgiving. With all prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. What might begin to happen if our experience of the Christian life began to be marked by this way of doing things? Rather than proving ourselves on one hand or beating ourselves up on the other hand. Well, what might begin to happen in our experience of the Christian life if we made all our requests known to God by clothing all our prayers in gratitude? Well, we don't actually have to wonder what this would be like. Uh, the passage tells us we would find rest from our anxieties that our hearts feel. Verse 7 says that, that place, your heart, And your mind, the inner person, that place where we are usually so plagued by sinful anxiety, that is the very place where God's peace comes. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds, Paul promises. That very same place, the inner person. And this is why giving thanks is the antidote to anxiety. There's a chasm between this command to not be anxious. There's a chasm between that and the promise that the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. How do we get from one to the other? Thanksgiving. Giving thanks is that bridge over that great chasm between not being anxious and receiving the peace of God. We must give thanks. That is the that's the posture of, of the Christian is to give thanks because it is the Christian who is, unique, who is uniquely positioned to see that we have not received anything of our own power or strength, but it has been given to us by the Holy Spirit. Thanking God for answered prayers as much as we come to him with new requests. Thanking him for his love, faithfulness, and mercy, even as we bring new requests. Thanking him for the promise that his word gives to us that even trials he uses to bring about maturity in the Christian life. That's our part. Give thanks. Lastly tonight, what is God's part in receiving this peace? If our part, so to speak, is to give thanks in order that we might receive the peace of God, what's God's part? God's part in receiving this peace. Well, that is answered in this little phrase at the very end of verse 7. In Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, even before we begin to try to give thanks, this is what we need. Your thanksgiving will never actually be thankful enough. How can you know? You know, what, what finish line do you have to cross before you realize, I've finally been thankful enough to get the peace of God? There is no such finish line. We are always Less thankful than we should be. We're always griping and complaining to God rather than being filled with gratitude. And so we have to ask a different question. Rather than how thankful do I need to be before God gives me this peace? The question has to be, who must I be united to in order to receive this peace? And Paul says you must be found in Christ Jesus. You must be united to him. The foundation of our thankfulness isn't in some earthly good that's come to us. We should give thanks for those things. That's not the basis of our thanksgiving. The basis of all Christian thanksgiving is that Christ Jesus has given us Himself and that we have been found in Him by faith. United to Him in His death on the cross. He takes away our sin problem. United to him in his resurrection. He calls us righteous in God's sight. United to him in his ascension. He promises from heaven. That we will triumph over all of our enemies. And our trials in this life. One day. United to him in his priestly intercession in heaven. As he is your great high priest. Praying for you right now. United to that Lord Jesus Christ. He assures us that He will never leave us or forsake us. Never. Never. For we, as Paul says, are in Him. We are found in Him. United to Him. No matter what comes in life to make us anxious, He is near to us, always and forever, through His Holy Spirit. Loved ones in Christ, there is no other news that will make you anxious. Thankful with the kind of thankfulness you need to receive the peace of God. You see, this is what you need. This is the only fuel that that will fuel a thankful Christian life and take away these anxieties. There is nothing else to bring you the peace of God except to be in Christ. Today, especially as we are coming up on our national day of thanksgiving, come to the Lord first with repentance. For not giving thanks. For everything. Paul says it. Give, give thanks for everything. Don't be anxious about anything. And give thanks for everything. Repent for the ways in which you've allowed yourself to become excessively concerned. And receive his excessive peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.